CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. You know, we are doing, it's a Friday morning. We're doing a uh, an emergency special edition podcast, edition of the Josh Marshall Podcast, because just, uh, I guess, in the last uh, hour or two, maybe, uh, maybe 90 minutes ago, the House passed the Build Back Better bill. And as we know, that is now uh, around $1.75 trillion. Uh, it now goes to the Senate. And as we know, the Senate has always been the real issue with this whole drama going back, what is it, eight or nine months now. But there are, uh, there are reasons to be optimistic for the situation in the Senate. Uh, Kirsten Cinema has been signaling to the extent she signals anything for the last week or so that she's probably good to go. And that's an interesting story in itself. We'll come back to it at a later point because she's been doing kind of out of public eye a certain level of repositioning of herself. I think she realized that in the interest of her future political career, she got a little out over her skis. And I, I suspect that this passage and the forward momentum is going to move Joe Manchin to being a yes, probably subject to, unfortunately, removing paid leave from the bill. But we're probably almost there. And uh, I think Kate and I were talking, I don't know if it was on the podcast earlier this week or just in, a, in, a, in an off podcast conversation. Uh, it shouldn't be a huge surprise that Cinema and Manchin are probably on board because they got everything they wanted. I mean, you know, we're, we're, this is kind of, this is what they want. This is, this is what they said they would agree to. And now they've gotten it. So like one hopes they'll, they'll, they'll agree to it. So it passed this morning. And as you probably already know, we had this overnight drama where uh, Kevin McCarthy, not, not thought of as a legislative or parliamentary innovator, brought the filibuster to the house. <laughs> There's this thing called the magic minute where, you know, every, everything is very tight and controlled in the house. But the speaker, I think it's the speaker, the minority leader, and maybe one or two other people have this privilege in the rules where they can take their one minute and they can talk as long as they want. And he, uh, Kate will tell us in a moment, you know, the, the exact length. But basically, he started his one minute speech like mid-evening and he didn't stop till 5 a.m. He spoke for like, what, eight hours or I don't know, I don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing, you know, give or take. Uh, and the funny thing with McCarthy, it was, um, he was, he was pretty pissed. He was miffed. He, he wasn't going to take it anymore. 
Um, and the funny thing with McCarthy is that that is not that is not his vein. Uh, Donald Trump is a really resentful guy. He's got a, a lot of chips on his shoulder. He's mad. And that's what makes him so potent politically because he's not faking it. That's not Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy is the guy who wants to slap you on the back. He's a jocular kind of guy. I don't think Kevin McCarthy really resents anything. He's, he's probably going to be Speaker of the House in a year and he's pumped. Life's fun for Kevin McCarthy. But that's not where the Republican Party is these days. So he had to be up there saying, I've had enough. And he's, he, I, only, I only saw portions of it, but he was finding random weird things to rant about. Uh, and he put off, the, um, put off the vote until this morning. Like, okay, good job, Kevin. <laughs> you know, really own the libs there. If anything, he, he – and I'm not even sure why they did this. He actually – not that it matters in a way, but he actually deprived the Republicans of their past in the dead of the night talking point. It passed in the bright light of the morning. <laughs> and you know it's got to be good if it passed in the bright light of the morning. Uh, in any case – just quickly remember that uh, the Josh Marshall podcast brought to you by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. You can get 25% off on your order at Grady'sColdBrew.com if you use the coupon code TPM. That's TPM is a special little code, Grady'sColdBrew.com. So, uh, Kate Riga, co-host of the Josh Marshall podcast, what is up? Yeah, so... Uh Per my transcript here, McCarthy started just after 8.30, wrapped up at 5.10 a.m. So, you know, it's funny, though, what I think kind of happened while he was speaking. Now, let me, but let me cut mm -hmm. to the real issue here. Yep. Did he go to the bathroom? Did he stop know. at all? Do we know I that? I Okay. I'm well, going to have to do some investigative you, journalism there. I was going to say, you're, you're, the, you're the Hill reporter, so <laughs> I, I need you to get to the bottom of this. But I think what happened, I don't know if this was... Before the speech or during the speech, Nancy Pelosi had previously held the record for the longest magic minute, ticking in just above uh, eight hours. And McCarthy ended up like kind of beating her record and then stopping shortly thereafter. So, oh, I didn't, I didn't even get. Wait, she actually did eight hours. When mm -hmm. do we know when or, or um, for what piece of legislation? Because no one talks for eight hours for any good reason. <laughs> I totally um, didn't know that. I totally did not know that. Stand up for uh, dreamers, it looks like. Oh, so she did kind of a, a dreamer's house filibuster. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Now, but it can't have been overnight. Well, okay. You know, I'm seeing a lot of commentary that she did it in heels. That seems to be... Uh, what people I are have focusing a, on. I have a vague sense that I remember this now. It's from I mean, 2018. I, yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been that long ago. <laughs> but I think it was one of these things where it was sort of announced in advance that she was going to, you know, she feels so strongly about this. She is going to kind of take to the House floor and talk all day as a, as a um, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a statement of how important she sees that issue. Um, but that in any case, it wasn't one of these things where, where no one, no one knew McCarthy was going to do this. And at least that's my understanding. And mm -hmm. even like an hour in, like when I, I first heard about it at about an hour in, 
where I started noticing people like, oh my God, he's still talking. It's been an hour. What is going on? But I don't think, but even at that point, I thought people were saying, all right, he's going to obviously stop talking pretty soon. Like no one knew it was going to be eight hours, yeah. probably not even at hour seven. It was it was funny because the, the Chiron underneath the C-SPAN videos was, you know, he starts talking about at 8.38 and the Chiron says, you know, final vote expected at nine. Okay. And then <laughs> we get blow by nine. He's still talking. And then it says final vote expected soon. And then before too long, it changes to Speaker McCarthy has been speak or Leader McCarthy has been speaking since eight thirty eight. They just left it at that. So now it is. I know that like there was you know one of the things last night there were a lot of House Democrats who were tweeting through it, mm-hmm. like just kind of joking and and whatever. And at a certain point, like I don't get the sense they were really too bummed about it. I mean, they had the votes, right? Right. I mean, I think at some point it was just kind of, you know, sore loser antics. Like they knew that is, you know, he was going to stop at some point. Whenever he stopped, they were going to um, have the votes. And I also think something that a lot of people were pointing out is when Pelosi did her eight hour stint, which to be fair was during the day. It was from like, you know, 10 in the morning. But, um, you know, she had pretty much the whole caucus there behind her, kind of cheering her on and encouraging her. Right. Whereas McCarthy, you know, the numbers just kind of dwindled and dwindled until he only had, you know, like a couple dozen or maybe less kind of there to cheer him on by the end. So I think Democrats are also getting a bit of a kick out of that. <laughs> well, I know that when I was watching at least, you know, mid-late evening, he was, there was this little kind of, uh, you know, elder caucus of older guy, older house members there kind of all bunched in behind him. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess they kept people bunched in the whole time since, right. you know, there's a relatively small. Now, here's here's one question, and you may not know the answer to this yet, mm-hmm. but we definitely need to find it out. Was he there when it passed this morning? He was there. Yeah. He was there. Interesting. Because I was kind yep. of thinking was he's, you know, because the real Kevin McCarthy is you know, the jughead from the frat who's, who's, who's sleeping in after a long night of partying. That's Kevin McCarthy. So I was kind of wondering, like, you know, is he actually there? No, he's asleep. Of course he's asleep. Um, But okay, he was there. No, he was there and getting some, like, backpats. And then basically he kind of, after it passed, they had just some procedural stuff to tie up, basically. And apparently he he left the chamber and said, you know, no votes, don't vote on it, as, like, kind of a protesty thing. Like, be difficult on the housekeeping. But as uh, as a reporter kind of... (laughs) pointed out, which I thought was funny, a lot of members take their voting records really seriously and like don't want to break the streak. So there are definitely going to be Republicans who vote on it. So, you know, oh, just he's like not even to vote at arch rev. Right. Just don't vote. Just kind of oh. protest. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, even right. though it's like, I mean, the number of proxy vote announcements before this morning's vote, it was so many of them. So many people had already gotten the heck out of Dodge. So interesting. interesting yeah. So interesting. That's, that's how things wrapped up. And then because, like you say, he kind of chose to do this overnight. Democrats got to have their big victory at, you know, 10 a.m. And uh, the chamber was really just jubilant. You know, there was... It was kind of hard to hear some of the proxy announcements over people's chatter and little happy dances and such. Now, were you there this morning? No, I was just watching. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, but yeah, it, it was funny. There was one moment where um, a Republican was trying to 
register uh, the the proxy votes. Um, I didn't. Uh, and she she kept getting pretty angry that uh, people weren't listening to her or that, you know, the Democrats are kind of celebrating. Oh, this is the point they'd already gotten past 218 votes. So everyone knew it was in the bag. Um, and she kept asking for, you know, the chamber is not in order. And Pelosi was just like, what's your vote? <laughs> Tell us what your vote is. But yeah. Now, what is it? There were, was it one one Democrat voted against it or what was the what was the final yeah. total? Just and one Democrat. Was that Golden, the guy in yep. Maine? Okay. Yep. Who tweeted out a thread basically saying if this, this, and this are fixed in the Senate version, I'd consider voting for it when it comes back. So right. pretty good. Right. Yeah. No, that's about, and, and he, 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 I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, he's probably, I mean, that, that, that house seat up in Maine that I guess it's the second district, which, you know, Maine is, has one congressional district, which is, you know, kind of very New England liberal and another that is, you know, rural and very borderline uh, in partisan terms. And so and that's that's his. So he is that has some kind of unique dynamics. But, you know, he's probably uh, arguably the most the most vulnerable Democrat in 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 the House. And I'm sure uh, Pelosi and leadership gave him a pass, basically. Right. So. You know, so this is done. We've seen a lot of kind of stalemating in the House the past few months, I guess, at this point. You know, the with the dynamic of House moderates wanted the bipartisan bill to go by itself. Progressives didn't trust Manchin and Cinema to see reconciliation through, so they held on to the bipartisan infrastructure bill as leverage. And that was the dynamic for a really long time. And then that kind of broke through about two weeks ago um, when progressives said, okay, fine, we'll vote for bipartisan infrastructure. They got a promise from House moderates that they'd be there on reconciliation and from Pelosi that she'd schedule the vote this week. But that was kind of it. At that point, they they just passed the buck to congressional leadership in the White House to be like, all right, you know, it's on you guys to get this done in the upper chamber now. Basically. Right, right, right. So and, that's and, where and we are. And for what it's worth, I think that was the right idea. I think it was also right to hold to hold out as long as they did, but I mean, we don't have to get, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a complicated question, but just, I, I think they were in a, they faced two very bad choices. And I think this was the better choice. I mean, again, that's just my, just my. Yeah. Opinion. I mean, it's the case where I think if I was a, per, a house progressive, I probably would have voted no on the bipartisan bill, but I also kind of suspect that we just got to a point where they were never going to get the promises they wanted to extract from Manchin or Cinema, and it's like, you know, what do you do at that point? You got to do something. Yeah, that that's kind of that's my point. I mean, I think it was I think it was right for them for what ended up being a few months, although there was a real cost to that, to say kind of like, you know what, we're not we're we're not going to be chumps here. You you know, we want our bill. You want your bill we're not we're not taking back seat here but it got to a point where the democrats public support for the democrats was really cratering mm -hmm. and uh even though it was the moderates fault because the progressives have been acting as the team players throughout this and to a great extent in the senate especially with Manchin, it's not even like he had a consistent set of demands that like, you know, they had, to, he wasn't even being clear what he wanted to eat even. So, uh, you know, 
it was really kind of 100% their fault. And yet it was clear what was actually happening was that this was going to keep going on forever. And probably nothing was going to happen. And it was going to be catastrophic for the Democratic Party, not just the midterms, in myriad other ways. And I think you have to look at it and say, you know what, this is we're taking a leap here. We, we're not we're not doing it purely on hope. We, we think we've got it. We have the president of the United States and the Speaker of the House saying they're going to get it done. And, and we've got to, you know, sort of swallow hard and say, big picture, this is it's time. Right. And I mean, next week. Both chambers are out for Thanksgiving and then they'll return the week after and we'll kind of, you know, basically the outstanding point of drama here is just will cinema and mansion, despite the fact, as you say, they won pretty much every battle they chose to pick. Um, You know, they yanked down the bill's top line. They got pretty much everything they wanted. Will they decide to be difficult, decide to to make some big fight over something, whether that's, you know, he's saying in using inflation as pretext or quibbling with some provision or something like that. But, you know, in the the category of, I think, data points that suggest that won't happen is that yesterday we got more CBO scoring information, which, as we've said on the pod, Though it's been given the power of a god, it shouldn't really have it. But basically, the how that came out, it found that the reconciliation bill as written now, the House version, which has some provisions that will probably be stripped out in the Senate. But that version adds very modestly to the deficit. The White House finds the bill to be fully paid for. And the difference there is really just stemming from a difference in projection from one revenue raiser, which is just beefing up the IRS's ability to uh, to, to nab tax evaders. Um, so, you know, that's really the only difference there. The House moderates basically said, yeah, we're going to go with the White House's numbers on this and feel comfortable that it's fully paid for. Um, and the White House has long expected the CBO score to show that it wouldn't be fully paid for because they knew that the CBO differed from them on the IRS thing. But even so, the CBO score still, the deficit ad came in much lower than what the White House was expecting and was prepping people. So on that side of things, if, you know, particularly Manchin, if he wanted to kind of make a to throw a fit about this is adding to the deficit. I can't, I can't tolerate that. This makes it a lot harder to do that. Right. Right. Now is, and, and, and just for, for listeners there, you know, Josh Gottheimer, who's uh, the rep from Northern New Jersey, you know, he, he had this, he tweeted a couple days ago, or maybe it was Tuesday, basically saying in advance we trust treasury numbers mm-hmm. on this tax enforcement stuff and not the CBO. So that's all good. So so basically saying in advance of this that that wasn't going to be an issue. Right. For them. And, and you know, now we see now we see the uh, the votes now j- just to conclude here. Mm-hmm. Am I basically right that 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 the the signals we've been getting from cinema over the last few weeks seem to be different from from where where she was kind of for most of this year kind of you know caviling and throwing up throwing up uh, obstacles and stuff that she she seems to be saying like okay we're we're I'm I'm ready 
That's been my impression too, mostly because I don't know why you kind of launch your pivot rebranding campaign across various media outlets if in a week you're going to hold a knife to the throat of the president's legislative agenda. That timing doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So that suggests to me that she's kind of done with, yeah. you know, she's picked the fight she's going to pick and, and this is where it is now. Um, you know, we'll see, but that would be kind of nuts if she was like, okay, here's my, my media, my media hit parade of how I'm the compromise guy and I just want to get things done. And then she's like, Nope, never mind. We're two steps from the finish line and I shall sink it all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And 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 as as you say, her this this pivot, which is not a huge pivot, but I think is a pretty significant one in telling about how she reads the politics of the last few months, is basically her saying, No, 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 I, I'm I'm not the enemy. I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to break anything or 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 mess anything up. I'm just I'm just moderate and I, I wanted to bring people together and I had my my set of things I wanted, but I always wanted to be here, you know, on the team. I'm just, just kind of a march to my own drummer. And, and so, but, but the key point in this repositioning, even though it's kind of subtle is to say like, Oh, I never wanted to mess anything up for anybody. I just want, I just wanted this, this, this kind of Goldilocks, perfect, not too warm, not too cold. And <laughs> we're here. We're all happy family. Now remember that in 2024 and right. you Ruben Gallego, you remember <laughs> Next year in 2023, we're all one big happy family. So yeah, I'd be surprised if she moves back into that mode. And I kind of, given given Mansion's history, I think at this point everybody else is lined up. And and again, he's already gotten everything he asked for. So this is the time where he usually kind of just time to move on. But I guess we will see. And I mean, I you know I remember. In the summer, I, w <laughs> I did a couple posts and a couple little little monologues on the podcast, basically like, look, there's going to be a lot of a lot of obstacles and a lot of, you know, storm and stress. And it's, you know, there's a lot, it's going to be a lot of drama before we get there. But man, I had no idea how much drama there would be. Oh it was God. much more than I thought it would be. And I thought there'd be a lot. Yep. Um, but, you know, uh, almost there. Yeah. So anything else we got? No, I was just going to say, before we sign off, I just also wanted to give a shout out to Jeff, our listener, who uh, wrote in and suggested that we do a mini pod after last or this morning's passage. So yeah, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Good suggestion. Thanks, Jeff. Good going. Well, we'll try to do more of these. All right. Uh, remember, Josh Marshall Podcast brought to you by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. You can get 25% off your orders at Grady'sColdBrew.com with the offer code TPN. All right. All right. Later. See you next week. The Josh Marshall Podcast is hosted by me, TPM reporter Kate Riga, and TPM founder, editor-in-chief Josh Marshall. The show is produced by Jackie Wilhelm. Thanks to Why Not Jansfeld for our podcast theme song, and thanks to all our TPM members who make this possible. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen.